time for your weekly dose of Wayne's Comics. Welcome to episode 515 of the Wayne's Comics Podcast. As always, thanks so much for listening. This week we have a great interview and a holiday tradition, which I'm sure you're going to enjoy. First up is my discussion with Lee Durfee Lavoie, the co-creator of Just Roll With It, a middle-grade graphic novel that explores the complexity of anxiety, OCD, and learning to trust yourself in the world around you. We talk about the characters, including the main character, Maggie, how the book came to be, and what we can expect from Lee and his partner in the future. I highly recommend this optimistic book, even if you're not a comic book fan, because it's realistic, uplifting storytelling. Then everything wraps up with my annual holiday tradition, playing the audio from Twas the Dark Night Before Christmas. As far as my voice goes, I continue to make progress, and I'm getting closer to a resolution. But until then, please listen to what my guests have to say. There's a lot to get to in this episode, so let's get on with the show. It's great to welcome to the podcast Lee Derfee Lavoie, the creator or one of the creators of Just Roll With It, which is a great YA book that I just came across and discovered. Beautiful stuff. How are you doing, Lee? Oh, thank you so much for having me, Wayne. I am doing really, really well. This week has been, you know, safe to say one of the best weeks of my life. Um, oh, so I'm incredibly excited. Thank you so well, much. Well, that's good. Well, one of the things that's happened is this book just rolls that has just come out. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Uh, it is it is my absolute pleasure to talk about that, yes. <laughs> so just roll with it. Uh, middle grade graphic novel about a young girl, Maggie, um, who has OCD and is just starting middle school. So she has a lot of these anxieties and fears and, and problems to overcome. Um and the way that she's uh, decided is best for her to deal with that is using a D20 like you'd have in a tabletop role-playing game. Um, which is which, a dice, by the way. Yeah, so the dice, um, mm. which is a, a, a big, big factor to her life. It's, a, it's her big passion. Um, and it is out in stores as of uh, December 14th, which is as of this recording, yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Uh, I actually had a COVID quarantine um, and I'm, I'm fine, but uh, <laughs> I, was, I was stuck in my room for the Tuesday of the release. So I had to rely on uh, family and friends to go out and uh, grab a picture for me. But today, thank, thankfully, I was uh, A-OK and able to go see it in stores and see it at the library. And it was just Sam excited is, <laughs> is a total understatement. Can you do like signings and stuff like that? Maybe like at stores? Uh, yes, actually. So, uh, today that was a day where I was going around and the local library who has it, I was like, Hey, you know, you know, we live in town. We'd love to do a, a signing. And they were like, perfect. Here's our email address. Let's, um, let's set something up. Cool. And my, uh, my girlfriend's middle school. Um, cause we, we live where she went to middle school. I was like, Hey, would you guys like to do a signing with, uh, the local girl made good? Uh, 
And they were like, sure, we'd love to. And then the local Barnes & Noble, they were like, yeah, we'd love to. Uh, so I'm trying to set a bunch of stuff up um, for maybe later January um, mm-hmm. after the holidays and stuff. But mm-hmm. I, my, my mom is – I grew up in Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. Um, I live in New York now. But mm-hmm. uh, my mom back home uh, who worked in and around the school district from my entire life was like – Oh, we're talking to the elementary school. They want to do something. Your middle school wants to do something. I talked to your local library. They want to do something. Mm. Hometown library that I went to, that I spent hours in, Coleman Shelves, uh, is going to have my book and wants me to do a signing. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled, and we're trying to set up a, a bunch of stuff. Um, we actually, uh, today in our excitement, um, ran to a Barnes & Noble, and uh, there's three copies there that, they're probably still there on the shelves now that we that we signed after talking to the manager. Mm, good for you. That's cool. There was a I'll tell you a quick story. I would I had gotten to know friendly like a guy that was an actor on Star Trek Voyager. And I was buying the comic. And I it was the funniest thing. I, I went to the comic store, I bought my books, I went home and I opened up the Voyager comic, and who's in there but this guy's character. And I emailed him and I said, you need to get to your nearest comic store immediately and buy every copy of the latest Voyager that they got in today because your character's in there. And so he runs to the store and he says, hey, I understand my character's in the Voyager comic. And the guy's all, but what? And when he op- they opened the book and they found his character, they had him sign like half of them and they kept them. And he bought all he could and took them with him and he went to cons. He would sell them. Yeah, that's awesome. So that's a good thing to do. I think that's a real, uh, a very smart thing to do, especially these days. Uh, especially as you and I were talking before we started to record about the fact that YA is a super hot quantity right now, or, or I don't know if you want to say middle age or, or what kind of, I don't know how you, I just think it's all ages anymore. I, Cause I see a lot of adults buying these books. I'm, I wonder. Yeah, definitely. Are they buying it for them, or are they going to take it home and read them themselves? I mean, personally, you know? I'm uh, 26, and I I read heavily in the uh, the middle grade YA uh, section of graphic novels, uh, partially because that's the profession I'm in, and also just for pure enjoyment because you get uh, really some of the best uh, stories about kind of like the human condition, um, and some of these middle grade graphic novels that are coming out right now. Well, we should talk about that a little bit because when I've read these books, this era of of, of I don't want to say childhood, but in uh, and the, and the growing uh, coming of age stuff, I, it's the great thing about these books are they have like a beginning and the story goes on and then you get to a resolution. And it's really well done. I think there is just, so many wonderful things because, I, as as we were also talking about before we started recording, not many comic books have a resolution in them anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so to read these things and actually see a story reach a place where we can say, okay, that's the end of the story, I like that. I think that's a wonderful thing. Your book does that extremely well. We we It starts out perfectly. <laughs> it's called Just Roll With It. And as we talked about, she uses a dice to kind of think. And the very first thing we see – is her rolling a dice. Yeah, thank, you, thank you so much. Uh, we, you know, I, I, I tried to approach it in the way that I understood um, graphic novels, mm-hmm. uh, which was just, you know, obviously very visual. 
Um, I'm a big movie guy. I really love movies. So I also try to picture it, you know, in my head, what, you know, what's, what's the envelope, what's the best way to start and, and best way to end it. Um, and it, there was no other way to start it than, than to roll on that dice. That was perfect. I mean, that was just ideal the way to do it. Now, uh, another thing we talked about, and I think it's worth uh, exploring a little more is the fact that the lead character is a female. And yes. I've read comics for decades, and I have honestly come to the place where if it's a male, I have a fair idea where it's going. Mm-hmm. But when it's a female lead, I am literally baffled. I don't know what that character is going to do, and I didn't know what your uh, lead was going to do as it went along. And she has several other female characters around her as well, which, of course, made it all a mystery to me. I, I – Especially when it comes to comics and stuff like that, I have not read that many with females. And granted, there are females in comics, Lois Lane, but Lois Lane is always needing to be rescued by Superman and all that kind of stuff. That's mm-hmm. not what I consider to be today's female leads. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll put it that way. But your female lead, the lady, the girl that was in it, she grew over the book, which I really enjoyed. I loved the way that. Um, Things happened, and you know, I don't want to spoil much about it because I think it's a great book to read. And I, once I started reading, I couldn't stop. I had to keep reading the page to page and to figure out what was going on with it. Well, thank you so much. So well done. This, I've got to ask you: Is this your first comic that you're writing? Uh, yes. Um, te- technically, technically, um, there is a 12-page mini of Maggie's story that exists that we wrote. Um, my partner and partner in, in life as well, Veronica Agarwal, um, we wrote for FlameCon. Um, so technically the 12th page was the first, but yes, this was definitely my my first real um, comic that I've ever written. Um, it's the <laughs> longest thing I've ever written, period. Uh, it comes in at like a, I think the physical page count is like 312 pages. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry, by the way, if there's, if there's any background noise, I have, I live with three cats and we deal with a little bunch of sometimes, That's okay. uh, but yeah. Um, yeah. So it's her, <laughs> the book is about, uh, Maggie, a female character. She is 11 and a half, I think is exactly. And, uh, yes. First thing I ever wrote, I wrote it almost entirely on my cell phone. Um, <laughs> and it was quite an adventure. Mm. Well, I gotta ask: Are the uh, the characters are they based on anybody you know? Are they products of you guys' imagination? How did you come up with them? Uh, so Veronica actually, in back in two thousand and sixteen, now uh, had the the picture of Maggie in her head and, and the the core idea of a, a young girl dealing with OCD and using the D twenty die to cope with it. Um, so she had the, the picture of Maggie in her head and we, we built Maggie, um, with our life experiences melded together. Mm-hmm. Um, and a, a lot of her anxieties are, are similar anxieties that, uh, Veronica herself has and, um, some of the anxieties and stuff that I have about stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's some, there's character designs that are based mm-hmm. off of specific people in our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, but personality wise outside of Maggie, not too, too much. Mm-hmm. Um, the fun fact, the, uh, 
Mr. Popkins is a math teacher that appears uh, relatively briefly in the in the graphic novel. Mm-hmm. He looks exactly like my grandfather on the maternal side. Acts absolutely nothing like him. Uh, their English teacher looks just like my girlfriend's aunt. And um, we have a copious amount of friends who make uh, background characters and fill up some crowd shots and stuff like that. But it's cool. all uh, appearance-wise, not uh, personality-wise, really outside of Maggie. I was going to ask about that. I mean, sometimes, you know, sometimes what distracts me in a comic is like somebody is a big fan of Patrick Stewart and they have a character that looks like Patrick Stewart in the comic. And that kind of distracts me a little bit, but I'm always interested though, because not everybody wants to do it that way. I interviewed uh, uh, the guy from Mouse Guard and I asked him, I said, are the characters based on like King Arthur and the round table? He said, Oh no, they're all my friends. <laughs> because he he knew how they interacted and he could write them because he was very familiar with that. Mm-hmm. And I find that very interesting because that's why I always ask that question is because I think it's it's something to know a little bit. It helps you understand the book a little bit more if you can get the the understanding of how you put it together. Yeah. There I mean there is um like Maggie ends up getting uh befriending um a group of the RPG the fellow RPG players in her school. And they're not based off of any particular people, though they are kind of an amalgamation of um, high school friends and experiences that we had. Mm. Um, like you have some of the people who are like the almost stereotypical class clown who are really loud, the really smart organized people, the sports person. And I, I try to, um, you know, do, do the best I could to develop them outside of that. But mm-hmm. I tried to you know, write what I know. I knew kids who were like that and, so I wrote it. I I am the oldest of eight. Um, so mm. being around a bunch of rambunctious kids is something I'm very used to as well. So, yeah. well, I, I, one of the people that stood out to me was the science teacher. Yes, Mister uh, Anry, whose name is an amalgamation of uh, my girlfriend's aunt and uncle Andy, <laughs> Andy and Tracy, but again, looks and acts nothing like them. Because she goes into the class expecting this is going to be bad <laughs> it's the only thing i could I, I, she looks at it and she's kind of like you know she has this like mystified look on her face and then the guy starts to talk and she gets engrossed in the whole thing and i really like that because you know uh i was the opposite i was that way about english when, when mm-hmm. people start going into storytelling and stuff i was like wow that is really interesting Science, I was just the opposite with science i i they could do their best to make me like science and i'd always get that was the one I always got the poorest grades in, but uh, English, I would always do well. Yeah, I actually had a, a similar experience in school where I was definitely an English kid, definitely a history and social studies kid. Mm-hmm. But I was, I've was i always been fascinated by science. I just, I wasn't good at it. <laughs> um, but it was also, I, I just thought, you know, it was, it was a practical, um, empirical way to look at the world around us. Um, Mm-hmm. And I, you know, there, there's little sentences here and there about like climate change and mm-hmm. um, deforestation and stuff like that, that I, mm-hmm. I wanted to include and I didn't want to be overbearing about it. And so I thought, you know, this, this girl who likes to solve puzzles, who has a, a, a clear way to look at life, who has a sort of analytical way uh, to look at life with her die being a good decision or a bad decision. Mm-hmm. Um 
thought so I thought science would be something she was actually interested in mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. I thought it all kind of worked together nicely yeah it, the the book is very uh, it was gripping I, I I couldn't put it down once I got started and then you know granted it's a lot of pages but you know what when it's a good story you don't notice and this is a really good story I you know she encounters difficulties along the way and I felt bad for her this this uh, an older kid kind of bumps her in the hallway and 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 you know they they see he keeps doing that and I'm always going like what is the matter with this kid you know that he's doing this to her I mean there's no reason to but yeah he, no I mean there's 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 not really and I one of the things that we that we try to do is um, create characters and problems that exist when we're not seeing them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes kids are just jerks. And I'm not going to say do what Maggie did, which is, you know, she, she dealt with it in a, in a maybe a more violent way than you, than you should. But I also wanted to, you know, sometimes that's what happens. Oh yeah, and, well, and sometimes that's what you end up having to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the way you deal with that problem, even if it's not necessarily the best way to deal with that problem. Well, when I was in high school, we had this one guy who was like a bully, and he bothered my brother and I. And finally, one day, he, he pushes me in the snow. My brother just snaps, and he starts pounding on the back of this guy on his back, and uh, and we just shoved him to the ground and stuff. And you know what? After that, he treated us with respect. Yeah. And I mean, strangest thing. It's unfortunate, but sometimes that's the way the world works. Like I'm, I'm bisexual and I, I, I think I have a relatively good understanding of the way that hate works sometimes. Um, I, I led my high school's, uh, gay straight Alliance for four years. So standing up to bullies was something that I did. And, I never had to get into a physical altercation with somebody, but sometimes that's what people understood. Right. Well, sadly, that's true because that's what we experienced. And after that, he, he never bothered us. That was the funniest thing. Yeah. Now, another thing that was interesting in the story, there are several little plot lines going along. And when she's walking along, she looks into the grass at one point, Maggie does. Mm-hmm. And she sees what a dragon, mm-hmm. she puts it. And I got a huge kick out of that because you know when you have a certain understanding of the world and you see something that you, that that you interpret in such a way, you're it's ne- you're never quite sure what to do about that. She's not certain how to deal with that because she likes, like you mentioned, role playing games. She likes fantasy she likes all those kinds of things as well as science interestingly you know the, the those worlds all kind of collide in her which is a yeah. lot of fun to see in her to, to be a real human being in that way i really liked now talk a little bit about her friend with the glasses uh clara yeah yeah um so clara is her best friend um mm-hmm. whom she meets um her first day of middle school mm-hmm. uh and immediately um her anxiety gives her a problem mm-hmm. that, oh, they have um, a pin of a character from a TV show that they like. Mm-hmm. And Maggie sees that and is like, oh, I like that character too. Maybe I should talk to this girl. Maybe I should be, I should try to be friends with her. Mm-hmm. But she's nervous. Mm-hmm. So 
what she has to do is she has to roll her die. Does she, is she able to, does the die say, yes, this is a good decision for you to make. Mm-hmm. Do you talk to this girl? Mm-hmm. And the answer is, you know, no, don't, you can't continue this right now. <laughs> and so she retreats back in her shell mm-hmm. and eventually um, she is able to work through that. She manages to get the right role. She deepens her friendship with this girl. And then, then that's almost sister. Then they're best friends from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I really love writing Clara and Maggie's interactions. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I ever particularly had that one best friend in middle school, but I, I, I cheated. I have a twin. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my twin was my best friend. Uh, I didn't have to have that anxiety, but mm-hmm. Maggie did because that's who Maggie is. Mm-hmm. And I wanted somebody for her to play off of and somebody that could mellow the situation. And Clara actually was also um, an existing character from the very start. We knew that she would have a best friend. We knew who she would be. Um, while a lot of um, the RPG kids, the teachers, they were all developed later. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you're one of the few people that has the original 12 page mini um, that this book is based off of, uh, you would notice that the characters in the RPG club look nothing like they do in the uh, the finished uh, 300 page graphic novel. Mm-hmm. They were all developed um, afterwards. But Clara mm-hmm. was was there from the start with Maggie. You know, one of the things that the dice and and her interaction with people that kind of made it a little more realistic because some you know you, she followed what the dice said to do, and that made it. Uh, a little more unexpected when she would do, make moves towards, you know, she would befriend people when she would stay away from certain situations. It was an interesting thing to see how she used those dice, that dice to be able to make decisions and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That is, that is her, her is that, physical uh, coping mechanism. Yeah. Is that, because uh, uh, I don't know much about the subject. Is that, do we find that often in OCD, you know, people with OCD? Uh, you can, and and one of the things that we did in our in our research for OCD was um, Veronica a- actually has OCD, and in the process of writing this book, she was diagnosed with OCD. Mm. Um, oh, she, she didn't know that as we started, but uh, <laughs> while she doesn't have that, we we talked to her therapist. I talked to my therapist about OCD. We did extensive readings online about articles and about um, people's experiences off of Reddit and stuff like that. And while we didn't see that particular coping mechanism used, what we realized about OCD is there's just so much that is unique to person to person about it, mm-hmm. where it's not just the, I need to wash my hands a hundred times. I need to make sure that my books are in exact color order or something bad will happen. And it, it can be. And Maggie has some instances of that where when she comes home, she has to greet her house. Mm-hmm. And she does that because the, the rumination, the anxiety that is appeased by that action is saying, if you don't treat your house with enough respect, if you don't think you're valuing it enough, you'll lose it. It'll burn down. Mm. Um, and that is what OCD is. It's, that's completely obviously not true, but it doesn't matter. That's not what her anxiety tells her. Mm-hmm. For the die, uh, we just thought it, 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 it made sense as a the girl who's obsessed in, in a way with these, with this fantasy game, these fantasy books that they're based off of um, 
she finds comfort in it and mm-hmm. that's what she uses to feel better. But mm-hmm. eventually as, as the book gets going, that becomes the thing that controls her, that she is mm-hmm. weighted under. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we just wanted to have a, a physical coping mechanism about OCD, a compulsion that she has, which as OCD is wont to do becomes a problem for her eventually as well. Which is really interesting to me. To see. It made me a little nervous. You know, I, it reminded me in some ways of uh, Batman has a, a, a foe called Two-Face who was always flipping the coin. And he goes by what the coin tells him to, to do. You know, he always uh, thinks of it as terms of random events. The universe is telling him stuff. And, and mm-hmm. it, does she look at it that way? Uh, yes, I, I, I think in a way that she, that she would, that the universe is telling her, this is the decision you need to make, um, for her. And this is something that Veronica experiences, but a lot of other people with OCD experience as well, uh, that the, the, the cycle of OCD is rumination of a certain type of thought Mm -hmm. and the compulsion to appease it. And then the repeated strength of both of those playing off of each other until the appeasement the action of appeasement becomes all consuming. Hmm. Um, for instance, washing your hands cause you're not clean mm-hmm. becomes washing your hands until you're red and bloody mm-hmm. or for Maggie rolling the die for, for comfort becomes something that controls all of her actions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I forgot what I was saying. Well, at one point she's there and she tells her best friend, she says, I think I'm a bad person. Mm-hmm. And I was intrigued by that because, you know, we're all – we all have little things that we that we do or don't do, and, and we all kind of look at ourselves as imperfect, and then we're kind of like, oh, man, I wish I were perfect, you know, kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Her friend really does a good job of telling her the reality of the situation, something I really enjoyed. You know, she's pretty smart for a younger girl like that. She's a perfect friend for – for her Claire is because she just makes it she she brings her back down and you know grounds her back in reality and says no mm-hmm. you know and I I really enjoyed you know sometimes you pick the the best friend possible for yourself in a case like that and that's mm-hmm. with her she did that perfectly yeah so that that is is actually a little bit based off of uh Veronica and I's relationship with each other and our own conflicting mental illnesses sometimes where the other person has to be like, Hey, you know, that it's not true. X here's X, Y, and Z, Y. And we're going to get through whatever that anxiety is that you're suffering with together. It's going to be okay. And I do that for Veronica. Veronica does that for me plenty often. And so we, we wanted Clara to be able to be like, Hey, look, you know, calm down, you know, it'll be all right. You'll, you will get through this anxiety. You will get through with this universe is trying to speak to you through this die with. And um, we had a bit of a problem with that, actually, because in our first few drafts of it, it sounded so preachy. Mm. It sounded so it, it veered it veered past smart girl to this is an adult speaking to a child. Mm. And that's not what's actually happening on the page. It's two kids talking to each other. Mm-hmm. And so uh, when we. Uh, edited through the first draft, we were like, oh, this is our after-school dialogue, after-school special dialogue, where it's just way ham-fisted that needs to get chopped and changed, and Clara needs to be able to say, I don't 
I don't know. This is something that I picked up from someone else. Like, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, so it was, we, we were glad to be able to have someone in, in Maggie's life that would be like, look, X, Y, and Z is not going to happen. You're going to be fine. And balancing that with making it sure that it sounded natural that some little child would actually be saying to someone. Because they were the cook and shrimp at one point. And that whole business, the, you know, Clara seemed to be able to do it much easier than, than she did. And she, th- that kind of takes her down. She starts to spin down when she realized that she can't, that, that she's not doing as well as, as Clara is. I was really kind of, I don't know why we always expect we're going to be experts when we try something. Mm-hmm. That is we, a, such a universal thing, I think, unfortunately. And I'm, like you said, I, I don't know why. But I definitely feel the same way Maggie does when I'm starting something. <laughs> Veronica's felt the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know why you beat yourself up over that. You've never done it before. Mm-hmm. You have to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought that was, particularly for younger readers, that was a good thing to see, to actually see that, you know, not everybody experiences that. Uh, and and then you don't have to if you don't do it right the first time you can always go back and try it again yeah. and it may take a while before you learn how to handle certain things but and, and gosh we're just so and not only that other people are are their expectations of us are high you know yes. you can't do this why i could do it right away you know kind of stuff and she has to face that mm-hmm. and i I just think that the relationships, I think you you did a good job of working on the dialogue and making it all sound human and real and interactive. And, and you know, I really liked it. One of the characters I really liked, too, at one point later on, she goes to a a counselor. Mm -hmm. I thought the way that the counselor spoke was was particularly, I, I wish all counselors talked like that. Yes, luckily Veronica and I have have both had really good um, relationships with with therapists and stuff like that. And so uh, we are able to try and present a therapist that that would work for Maggie. That would that would be someone who is, you know, thoughtful and kind and caring as therapists are. Um, But yeah, so thank you. And the the, you know, the (laughs) dialogue, the dialogue was something that I. I think I probably had the hardest time with. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we edited through that so many times. Well, well, it shows. It really works. Um, one of the things about Maggie that I really like, too, is when she's starting to have trouble, the background around her gets busy. Yes. The scratchings and uh, swirls and stuff are starting to happen. You kind of reflect what's going on in her head. Correct. Yes, that you was. Uh, we we looked at that a little bit, um, and Veronica basically hit that out of the park very first try. That she knew what she was going to do and how it was going to encroach on Maggie, like anxiety can do to you. And so we needed that visual representation of her inner turmoil. Mm-hmm. Um, we're like, yeah, she starts to get nervous, and it becomes like this thing you can't shake off. And then it becomes, oh my god it covers her whole body on the page. You can't even see her anymore. It's just right. the swirly black tension and anxiety. Um, so we, you know, 
It, in OCD and mental health are very internal problems, and so we needed a lot of ways to visualize it and put it on the page. And as you mentioned earlier, there's a monster outside her school um, when she's really low on her anxiety. Um, you know, she she manifests a, a dragon that 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 taunts her and, and scares her, mm-hmm. and then you have this uh, not only the die but also the sort of swirly inky blackness of anxiety that encroaches on her mm-hmm. that whole storyline by the way about the monster i love the way you resolved that oh, thank you that, i thought that was great because we don't expect sometimes we don't think we can resolve problems and we're surprised when we do and with yeah. her that's kind of with let's just say certain so situations she gets into she can so, she resolves them, and even she's surprised at it. <laughs> yeah, and that that's something that we we really wanted to show because sometimes the thing you're most scared of, it's not scary. It's mm-hmm. just not like you've built it up so much in your head that it becomes this monstrous thing. But mm-hmm. oh look, it took you twenty minutes, and now you're all done. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, that whole subplot actually. Um, while we obviously flesh out the details, but the, mm-hmm. the beginnings of that subplot were all um, our agent, um, Susan Graham, uh, who you can find on Twitter, who's incomparable, um, who's absolutely fantastic, mm-hmm. um, and has loved Just Roll With It with us from the very start. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we were talking to them about uh, Just Roll With It and making it, oh my God, it was 12 pages. How the heck are we going to make 250 pages out of this? <laughs> they were like, look, you know, you have a story, you have characters, you know what you're doing, but I think it'd be really cool to have this extra thing going on. Mm-hmm. And we were like, oh, that's genius. Oh my God. How come we didn't think about that? Thank you so much. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we had, yeah, so that, that was all, that was all season for us. So we, like, just roll with it. Would not be possible with so, without the help of so many people. Um, and Susan is, is number one on that list. So it's, absolutely all all susan's uh strength and fortitude and support for us See, a good editor is somebody who can suggest things but not necessarily the whole thing but kind of point you in the right direction and it sounds like that's what you got done for you there yes our so susan is our uh, our agent who we we worked with so so extensively we just roll with it and then our editor at penguin random house graphic is, is whitney leopard um who Again, somebody else who's incomparable and has no equal. Uh, sorry to all other editors, uh, <laughs> but and with the way the way that Whitney could look at what we were trying to do and be like, "Look, this works, and maybe we should try this." Or what do we, what do you think about this? Um, was fantastic because honestly, you know, this is this is my debut. I've never done this before, mm-hmm. and so. When I we started to talk, oh my god, I have to talk to a publisher. Oh my god, I have to talk to an editor. Honestly, the only expectation I had was based off of Hallmark movies, where the editor is always like some, you know, like titan and, and terrifying person. Um, <laughs> and Whitney, Whitney was not that. Whitney was never that person. Mm-hmm. Um, when Whitney's suggestions were always like, you know, how do how do you improve? This is what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. How do we make that really hit home for you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so with, with, with Whitney's help and Susan's help and Veronica and I, we, we edited just roll with it probably four times. Wow. Um, from outline to finished product along mm-hmm. with 
almost constant tweaks as we were actually going, as Veronica was going through the actual creation through thumbs and pencils and inks and everything. You were more the writer than, uh, were you involved at all with the art? I mean, did she show you, Veronica, show you the art and get your... Oh, yeah, no, I mean, our, our like, I, like I said, we, we live together. <laughs> and so our our collaboration was pretty much constant. Um, like from the very beginning where I was writing the script, mm-hmm. writing the outline even, mm-hmm. um, wrote the outline three times, I think mm-hmm. went down from like 11 pages to two to make it concise. And mm-hmm. by the time we got through that, we knew a lot. And then by the time the script was done, we knew a lot. And I'd be like, God, rock, what's he doing? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> what do I do here? Can you help me out? And then Veronica, of course, would be like, Oh yeah, of course, here's what you need to do. We're like, what about this happens next? I'm like, what that happens. Hmm. Um, and then the, I w- will admit completely that Veronica's job is way harder. And sh- sh- this is, you know, not to say it's not my book or it's her more, more of her book, but it, it's a little more of her book, uh, where she was just so involved with, with every step of the way with me, um, really carrying me through a lot of this. And, you know, thumbs and pencils, we were like, okay, this is, this pose looks nice. Okay. That character design looks good. What about, um, I believe it was the characters, Beth and Laura, who are Maggie's friends in the RPG club. Mm -hmm. We were designing them. We had them switched in our heads. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't, I don't remember who's, who's, who's who's now, but, uh, we we had the opposite opinion of the character and who should be who. Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, there was, there were times where, um, Veronica would get in her head a little bit and be like, Oh, is this, is this layer, this effect on this layer? Is that good? Should I maybe tweak the angle a little bit over here? Does that color look good? And I have to tell her sometimes that looks fine. I'm not an expert. I don't know what I'm looking at that. It looks totally normal to me. They look the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a constant back and forth, constant um, collaboration between the two of us. <laughs> I do remember <laughs> the first time I saw the, uh, the finished pencils. Ah, uh, let me tell you, I'm not afraid. Of, <laughs> I cried. And then I <laughs> cried again when I saw the inks. And I cried again when I saw it, uh, color. And I cried again when I had it in my hands. Mm. Um, uh, the, the way Veronica was able to take two lines that I put on the page for an expression or an action and then make it this phenomenal, uh, centerpiece was is i i'm impressed by it every single day mm. um i'm lucky to say i was able to have a small hand in some of that uh but it, it is the artist definitely mostly her she is the expert well a lot of people you know the artist is the one that brings the concept to the page and um, yeah we like to say that uh the way that we work is that uh Veronica made the skeleton for this book. I put on the muscles and the organs and the skin and then Veronica made it pretty. And then we put it in an outfit together and then we wow. shipped it out. Cool. Yeah. Not a little that. car, but I mean, it, it's, it's pretty much how it works. No, uh, whatever, however it works for you guys to make the book happen. That's the important part. Um, I'm just kind of curious. Did she use a style for the characters and the art? that she always uses? Did she change it some for this book? Do you know? Uh, yeah, this is a, a, a pretty consistent style of a Veronica. Um, I mean, we like to 
point out, like, you know, if you're going to draw a character three on, for 300 pages, <laughs> you're going to have to like drawing them. You're going to have to be able to do that in a way that is, is make, if you're able to finish. Um, and, you know, that, that, that was, I mean, Maggie basically has looked the same since our original scribble in 2016. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so that's, I was pretty consistent for Veronica. You, she has her, uh, website, which is, uh, com, I think where you can see some more of her other stuff. Hmm. Um, but this, I think is her, uh, sort of homegrown style. If you want to say, is this her first book or is this not her first? This book? is her second, her, uh, debut novel was Alexis versus summer vacation, hmm. um, which was written for, uh, publisher called Avenue a, um, hmm. and it was used in, um, uh, an emotional learning course in schools. So Alexis versus summer vacation was also a, uh, a young girl, um, dealing with, uh, some family issues and, and friends issues and stuff like that. So it was hers, Alexis versus summer vacation was a little more, um, external, mm-hmm. uh, versus just roll with it where Maggie was a little more internal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things I love about the book, and I was talking about beginning, middle and end kind of thing, you resolve several of the storylines and some of them you give us an idea as to how it would resolve later on. Mm-hmm. And I, I like the way you did that, the balance between uh, things that are going on that, that uh, gosh, you can see there's so much I'd like to spoil, but I don't there. Um, <laughs> we get to the end and there are certain things. Maggie does something that I thought was a really uh, almost an adult thing that she does. She, she shares one of her passions with some with her friend mm-hmm. in a great way, which I really liked. And that was her kind of instead of keeping everything close to the vest, she actually opens up a little bit when mm-hmm. she does that. And you know, she's starting to the the business with uh, the dragons kind of resolves the business with uh, all different things going on, the stuff internal stuff with the family. Uh, psychiatrist. Uh, I like to say counselor. I don't want to say psychiatrist. Um, all those things kind of come to a really nice ending, and it, 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 we get to see. And the great, I really love the last panel in the story. Thank you. Is we we see that she's moving forward. Yeah, that's the great thing about it. Is, is the two of them are going, and they are basically talking about you know, what they're going to do next time. And they're, they're going down a trail that kind of shows them going off into the future. And I, I thought that was a great way, just like the rolling of the dice at the beginning was a perfect way to do it. I thought this was a great way to end this, that she's going to have a life beyond this. This isn't the end of her life. This is just a portion of it. Yeah. I like that. I I really liked the way that that ended is such a strong, a great signal to send to kids who kind of sometimes they don't know they, uh, can their life continue on. Yeah. And this book says yes, it can. Yeah, and I mean this. All, you know, the, the thing I, I really hope uh, readers take away from just roll with it after finishing it is that like, look, it's gonna be okay. And it, <laughs> it you know, I, I was really depressed uh, in middle school and high school, and it, it only got worse for a while. Mm-hmm. And I. 
I know what was wrong with me. I know there's a thing called depression. I don't know there was a thing called generalized anxiety disorder. Mm-hmm. I, I knew I knew kids could get ADHD, and that was it. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know that things like OCD existed. I had no idea that that was a name for something, and that I thought you know maybe everybody feels this way, and everybody's just tougher than I am. Hmm. And so it's a you know the message that that we hope kids take away from this, or anybody reading it is. It's kind of a better understanding of like, look, you know, mm-hmm. things are going to be okay. Like there's a, there's a name for this. There's an example that you can show somebody if you're having hard feelings, if you're not sure of stuff, if you're scared of stuff, if you're really depressed mm-hmm. and that, that things are, are going to be better. They are going to be better. Even if it, if it looks impossible, because I've, I've been there in a place where I thought, you know, it's over. I'm done for nothing's going to get better than this. I was like 16. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I was older than Maggie was, but I mean, completely ridiculous looking back on it. But I just didn't know. I, I had no idea that, oh, you know, ser- the serotonin levels in my brain are literally too low. Mm-hmm. They're not regulated and mm-hmm. they need to be. And you need to take medication. You need to talk to mm-hmm. someone and things mm-hmm. are going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And and so that's what we we want, want readers to take away, really. Like um, getting- and. You're going to get balance. You're going to achieve balance. That's what you're yeah. going to do. Yeah. I mean, you're not never going to have problems, but mm. you can find peace in the, in the eye of that storm and it, it, you know, you'll sail through. And uh-huh. so the, the image of Maggie and Clara walking away, mm-hmm. um, I kind of knew that it was going to be there from the beginning and mm-hmm. exactly what form I didn't know exactly what details I didn't know. Mm-hmm. But I, I knew from the, from the start that I needed to die to be weighing over her and on mm-hmm. top of her. So mm-hmm. that's why in the first page, it's the die on the first panel, mm-hmm. Maggie on the bottom. Mm-hmm. In the back, it's Maggie and Claire moving on mm-hmm. and going forward. And that things, you know, get better. They're not going to necessarily be easy all the time because yeah. I wouldn't want to lie to anybody, but Mm-mm. they can be better. They can, you can survive and you can go through it. It's a, it's a very optimistic book. And I really like that. Um, not many comics are optimistic in my mind. There's a lot of, they go through stuff and they may get through things, but they're always confronted with other things. This is very much of a, not only is it that, that she's moving forward in her, her current state, she's looking forward to the future as she matures. It's, it's also going to be good. Yeah. It's also going to turn. So the whole, it, it's just a great, I, I love the fact that she encountered troubles and she was able to get past them and to grow. And so I, I just think this is such a great book. I, I hope it sells really well because I think we could use a lot of this in today's society. I really do. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, you know, Penguin Random House Graphics, when um, Dina Gagliano came to us, um, and she has since uh, moved on from Random House and on to something else, but um, she was the one who, who came to us and, mm-hmm. and told us, like, We'd really love to publish this, and Random House Graphics' mission is to get a book, a graphic novel on every shelf. Um, and that just totally had me. That was it's something so deeply resonated with me. As as I mentioned, I'm the oldest of eight, and I don't know if I've been the best older brother, but I'd like to be, and I'd I'd like to be able to tell kids that, like, look, you know things will move on and things will be okay. And that like, and then, and working with Penguin Random House and everybody there that we all working with this mission statement of 
you know, a book on every shelf. We can be an optimistic book. It can, it can be a book for everybody. And I think, you know, unfortunately that pretty much everybody can relate to mm-hmm. being really anxious or being really depressed or hard on yourself mm-hmm. and, and needing to know, look, you know, you can get through it and, and, and move on and it'll be all right. Especially younger kids. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, when I, I wrote it, I wrote it from my younger siblings. I wrote it for kids you'll never meet. And I also wrote it for past me, you know? <laughs> well, it really is a great book. Again, it's called just roll with it. And you want to make sure to get it because I, I even if you're not a, a uh, middle school type reader and you're somebody older like me, like I'm retired and I liked it. I enjoyed the optimistic feeling about it. And I, I like seeing people overcome difficulties and i like seeing people being looking towards the future optimistically i i I came reading the book and i came away going yeah this was a great book thank you so much thank you so wonderful stuff and and i just i'm glad it's out and i'm if this is if you know a a a kid in this age era or even you know people who like comics and stuff like that i would say this is something you might want to do for a holiday gift to go to your your store and get this and give it for a holiday gift because I think it's going to be something that people will treasure. I really do. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes, it is out now. Everywhere books are sold, I believe. Uh, you can go to Random House Graphics website to order a copy. You can go to my Twitter page, Lee Durfee, uh, to find the link to order a copy. Um, you can go to Amazon, Barnes Noble. You can go to Bookshop or your local bookstore. Um and I hope I hope people enjoy it. Thank you very much for this opportunity to talk about. It. I think they will. I think this is a great book. I think this is a something that's going to be great to to give to people. Uh, maybe somebody's going through a difficult time. This might be a good book to give them to read. So it's a great book. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed reading it, even not not being a middle aged kid. I I found it very encouraging and very uplifting. So I. Wow, we need more of these. So this is great stuff. Speaking of which, do you guys have any other projects you're working on now? This is complete. Uh, yes, actually, there is a sequel for Just Roll with It coming out. Um, oh, it it's not named, and it, it it doesn't precisely excuse me it does not precisely follow Maggie, but she does appear in it. Hmm. Um, but it is. Um, I don't know how much i can talk about it right now probably uh, not but we don't want to spoil it (laughs) but there is a sequel coming out um it will also be about a child going through um like mental health and and body issues Hmm. um so it's a hopefully another optimistic book um just like just roll with it um you know be centered on the world we live in now that is people of all races and colors and and uh disabilities and sexualities um that was also something else that was important for us to include and just roll with it but it will also be included in the sequel and we also have some other projects that we're that definitely can't talk about right now but that, are, that we are are trying to get started and get rolling uh, are, are they going to be in this kind of same age group or are they thinking about other uh, currently everything we're working on is, is going to be in the the middle grade uh, age group there are some other stuff that i would down the pipe want to do that would out, expand outside of the genre but right now we have a we have a lot of middle grade stuff we want to tell well i gotta say as, as you and i were talking about before we started record when i go to there's a target that's near where i am and there's like aisles full of books that are aimed at this age group 
And so I, I think you, you, it's a great book. It's also timed superbly. This is the time to do it. And if you have a, a child that's in this uh, age group or if you know somebody that would enjoy this book, I, I again, I have to highly recommend it. Uh, maybe the next book should be called Just Roll With It Again. <laughs> you know, I, we don't have the title, so I'll take any suggestion. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'll cut it, yeah, if that's what we go with. Okay, well, that's fine. I, I, you know, I, I, I'm an editor by nature and a proofreader, and I always say that editors are like Batman. We prefer the shadows. <laughs> so, my job is to make other people look good, so I don't ever worry about those kind. Of, I don't ever worry about getting credit. And stuff like this. But now you mentioned uh, if we wanted to follow you, you said that they're on social media. You're where? Uh, I'm at uh, Lee Durfee at twitter.com. Um, technically, I'm on Instagram at the one truly, but I, I don't know how to use that really. Uh, <laughs> Veronica Agarwal, who is the illustrator and co creator and, and co author of Just Roll With It, um, you can find at um, a new and new at twitter.com which is a-n-u-a-n-e-w mm-hmm. at uh, twitter.com mm-hmm. um or at wisba uh w-i-s-b-a um on instagram mm-hmm. um yeah and then uh, veronica also has her portfolio website uh wisba w-i-s-b-a portfolio um dot com i believe is, is the right one uh but twitter is definitely the place to find us and you can find links to all of our various uh websites the pre-order link for just roll with it um you can follow us for any updates about book signings that we are hopefully to do in the new york area um potentially the rhode island area if i can get back home um but yeah so thank you so much you should go you should be at the new york comic-con next year Oh, maybe. I mean, I would like if we can. I definitely want to be back at FlameCon. I would love to be back mm-hmm. at Mocha. Mm-hmm. Um, we were at um, we were at uh, FIT's uh, Diversity Comic Con. I think it was called mm-hmm. um, a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were at a Blue Stockings, their inaugural um, inaugural, inaugural. Uh, their first. Uh, yeah, comics convention a few years ago before the pandemic began when they were back at their uh, old location. Mm-hmm. I'd like to do Blue Stockings again because, I mean, I don't know if you know what Blue Stocking is, is mm-hmm. but for those who don't, it is a uh, a worker co-op um, feminist and LGBTQ focus uh, mm-hmm. bookstore in New York mm-hmm. City and it's okay. absolutely awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, hopefully there's there's a lot of great bookstores in New York City that we'd love to get to. Mm. Um, and you can follow us on Twitter for any updates and stuff like that. Well, I wish you much success. I really enjoyed the book, and I think it's again, I would highly recommend it. it's called Just Roll With It. That's probably the best way to find it. And yes. Penguin House is hey, <laughs> you're starting at the top. <laughs> oh, god, yeah. I mean, so, so the going from 12 pages of a mini, and then our agent being like, hey, Penguin wants to wants a contract for two books that are 250 pages, you want to do it? Like to say it was mind blowing. I mean, I, I almost still can't believe that they decided to do it. Um, well, yeah, they, thank you so much. They made a good choice. I have to say that it's really a great book, fun to read, hard to put down, which is a good thing for a book, especially for this age group. You want to keep their attention. So it's a great, great book. It's going to be lots of fun. I hope it's under many, many Christmas trees or other trees or however you want to celebrate the holidays. This is a great gift to give to people 
for the holidays. That's and true. it's coming fast, so you got to do it right away. So Yeah, it's yeah. already the 15th. Christmas is next week. That's right. It's coming fast. So do that. So, Lee, once again, this is a terrific book. You guys did a great job. We'll have to talk again when the next one starts. Absolutely love it. It would be my honor. Thank you so much. People need dramatic examples to shake them out of apathy, and I can't do that as Bruce Wayne. As a man, I'm flesh and blood. I can be ignored. I can be destroyed, but it's a symbol. Get the latest from the comics universe. News, interviews, previews, and reviews. Listen to the weekly Wayne's Comics Podcast so you can keep reading your comics. And now it's time for my yearly holiday tradition, the playing of Twas the Dark Night Before Christmas. This video is actually available on YouTube. If you go to that site and look up Twas the Dark Night Before Christmas, you'll find it there. It's from the folks who do I'm a Marvel and I'm a DC kind of videos. And there are plenty of them. I think this is one of their first ones. What you really need to know is that there are three voices. The first one is Alfred. The second one, of course, is Batman. And the third one is Santa Claus. And it has an interesting holiday message that I like to communicate. So without any further ado, Twas the dark night before Christmas. Twas the night before Christmas, and all through Wayne Manor, not a sound could be heard, especially not laughter. There were no stockings hung and no tree filled with lights, not a single Christmas decoration in sight. Master Bruce in his costume, and I in my robe, were up late on the lookout for evils unknown. I missed Christmas, but he said he didn't have time. None at all ever since the tender age of nine. It saddened me watching him year after year, never taking in joy, only dealing out fear. I say, sir. I pleaded with all of my might. Master Grayson is having a party tonight. Master Drake and Miss Gordon are sure to be there. Why not leave this bleak cave and enjoy some fresh air? I've outgrown Christmas, Alfred. He answered each year. You can go if you want to, but I'm needed here. I sighed and walked upstairs to turn off the lights. Merry Christmas, I said. His reply was, Good night. I walked up to my bedroom, got under my sheets, and prepared to drift off into sweet, peaceful sleep. Suddenly a noise woke me up with such a clatter, I ran to my window for more on the matter. And what should my wandering eyes happen to find but a man in a sleigh with eight reindeer... No, nine! I was off to tell Master Bruce what I had spied. The fat man in the sleigh was in for a surprise. But it was my surprise. He had beaten me there. Just how fast was this man who could sled through the air? Who are you? Master Bruce yelled, demanding to know. The fat man's belly shook as he laughed. Oh, oh, oh. don't you know? He asked, giving his heels a click. Santa Claus, Father Christmas, Kris Kringle, Saint Nick. The Batman moved slowly, not wanting to harm him. Right, Santa, let me take you back home to Arkham. But the man disappeared. He was gone in a flash, leaving only some traces of old soot and ash. Suddenly he was back just as soon as he'd left. This man was indeed quite fast in spite of his heft. I've come here in peace, said the man. Have no fear, Batman said. Then explain to me why you've come here. The jolly man laughed. Christmas time is at hand. I bring gifts of joy to everyone in the land. The good people come to me with their requests for their heart's desire, and I do my best. I need and want nothing from you, Batman said. Go and take to the streets of Gotham with your sled. The man in red snickered and gave him a wink. 
The person I'm here for is not who you think. I've no gift for you, though you've done much good, it's true. But the present I'm bringing tonight, well, is you. For when it comes to Christmas, you just disappear. And you leave behind all of the friends you hold dear. Bruce said, Hold on a minute now. That isn't true. I give plenty of presents at Christmas. I do. Gifts of cash, food, drink, clothes, anything I can find. So then how can you say that I leave them behind? <sighs> Giving gifts is something for which you've had a knack. But the spirit of Christmas is still what you lack. Your gifts are all sent, none given face to face, and you've never even accepted an embrace. If you're given a gift, you just turn it away, denying your friends what their hearts want to say. I know all of their feelings, and they all know mine. Gifts are simply a symbol for which I've no time. Well, Christmas is a time for which I've always felt allowing others in. Let your defenses melt. My defenses are fine. Batman furrowed his brow. It's just a sign of weakness to let them go down. Santa sighed. I have never, as long as I've lived, had to teach tis better to receive than to give. I came here to open up your heart and your mind... You're determined to keep them both closed up, I find. You're just too filled with anger and pain and regret. Probably about both of your parents, I bet. You'd tell them you loved them if you could somehow, just like all of your friends want to tell you right now. Oh, the gift of allowing love to be expressed is one of the greatest gifts that one can get. For the past is behind us, the future unknown. And the moment is all that we have to call home. And so, now I leave you with this to think on. And with that, this St. Nicholas fellow was gone. The master was silent. He was lost in thought. I wondered if this was what that fat man sought. Alfred, he said sharply, giving me a fright. You mentioned something about a party tonight. Soon we were dressed and ready and out on our way. Surely this was a miracle, one had to say. He had come bearing gifts and was going inside when he stopped to look up because he had spied... That Santa Claus fellow! I exclaimed in the dark. Master Bruce simply smiled, looked up, and said, Thanks, Clark. And I heard Batman say as he walked out of sight, Merry Christmas to all. Well, at least for tonight... Now you enjoy whatever holidays you celebrate this year. So happy holidays. I'll be back next week with more interviews. But until then, keep reading your comics. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.